Today I want to briefly look at how the early church um, dealt with conflict and we'll use um, Acts chapter 6 verses 1 to 7 as our key scripture. We read in verse 1, now at the time whilst the disciples were increasing in number a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. The word now grabs my attention. It draws my attention to the significant growth um, being seen in the church. It started with 3,000 on um, day one in Acts 2 verse 41 to um, 5,000 in chapter 4 verse 4 and maybe as many as 10,000 by the time we get to the portion of scripture we're looking at today. You know, with growth often comes challenges. It's true in life, it's true in marriage, it's true in organisation and it's true in the church. Everything seemed to be going really well in these early verses. Luke tells us that they were living in one accord. He tells us in chapter 4 verse 34 that there was no needy person amongst them. Growth brought change and change often brings challenge. These Hellenistic Jews were born outside of Palestine and they spoke Greek. Native Jews from Palestine often spoke Aramaic and Hebrew. We see how language was a barrier and brought about conflict. Think about that in our daily lives, how the language we use for example, we may all speak English, but in our words, quite often bring conflict. Conflict is inevitable in life. We must be willing to handle it whenever it rears its ugly head. In our text, the widows, the Hellenistic Jews, were being neglected. The native Jews see themselves as more righteous and more Jewish whilst looking down on others. Make no mistake, there is no end to the things that people take offence over, whether intentional or not. Let me remind you um, of the complaint that comes, the report that um, arises, and it arises in the midst of great growth in the church, good things are happening it's worth pointing out here that Satan is the origin of conflict. Conflict serves his purposes. He successfully sowed the first seed of opposing opinions in the mind of Adam and Eve. You read about that in Genesis 2 verse 17. And I'd encourage you to read that just to help with context in today's talk. Let's look at the Apostles' conflict resolution. Verse 2, so the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 
the apostles applied conflict resolution tool number one, which is having a correct view of life and mission. Their mission in life was the Great Commission. They didn't want any distractions because they had a correct view of life and mission and provided help. This would be true for us. When our mission is defined, our view of life will be impacted. Consequently, our priorities are impacted. And with that in mind, we would fight any distraction with every fibre of our being. In verse 5 we read how um, with agreements of the congregation the apostles pick several men out to serve in this area. The apostles prayed for them, they laid hands on them and this is all about appointing them and acknowledging them and acknowledging the responsibility that has been um, given to these men for the task. This is what the Apostle Paul strived to accomplish when he wrote to the Corinthians in his aim to defuse the conflict that has resulted by different factions there. Remember, it said, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Cephas, and I'm of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Four factions in their church. He did the same thing when he wrote to the Philippians, hoping to resolve the conflict there between two women in the church. See, we must avoid conflict and sowing these seeds of discourse at all cost. And you can read about that clearly in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 to 19. What is the Bible's concept of conflict? Well, I would suggest it's something like this, that according to the Bible, there's nothing inherently wrong with conflict. Disagreements happen. But the way we are to resolve our conflict is extremely important. Conflict can become a catalyst to greater understanding, greater intimacy, greater depth of relationship, or it can bring anger, bitterness, broken relationships and sin. What is the biblical definition of sin? In Christianity, sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression of divine law. The doctrine of sin is central to the Christian faith since its basic message is about redemption in Christ. Let me offer an illustration that may help us understand the situation. When we look at the Apostles' instruction on how this conflict was to be resolved, we discover a crucial truth. Resolution of conflict comes when people who are looking at the bigger picture of the church mission help those caught in the smaller picture of the conflict to resolve it for the good of all. What does such a resolution look like for two men in a conflict, for example? Well, go to one of their men and say something like this. Hello, my friend, can we talk for a moment? Listen, 
I know that you two guys, you're at odds at the moment. Maybe wires have got crossed and I know that there's conflict. I don't know who's right and I don't know who's wrong. My guess is probably both are partially right and both are partially wrong. That's how these things usually happen. That's how they usually are. But as you're my friends, can I ask you to consider something? Even better, do something for me and for the church at large. Can I ask you to remember who we are and what we're here for? I'm afraid that this whole situation has become so big and so deep and so ugly that you guys are forgetting that people around us are lost and people around us are going to hell and they need a church that is united in the gospel and speaking together and loving each other. Can I just say to you that whatever you stand to gain in this conflict, if you win, does not come close to matching what we're all going to lose if this thing isn't resolved and resolved quickly. So please, can I ask you to take a moment to think about this? God is wanting to do something here. God is wanting us to do something here. This conflict, no matter how legitimate the concerns that lie behind it may be, really does threaten the entire body. Let's all humble ourselves and apologise. Let's forgive and come back together in Christ. That's how I think we should look at conflict. Hey, listen, it's not easy. I'm not just saying forget it, push it to one side. What I'm saying, let's deal with it and deal with it thoroughly. Let's deal with it lovingly. Let's deal with it in a Christ-like way. Let's keep first things first. Imagine what the world would be like if every conflict is resolved peacefully. It would be heavenly, I would suggest. What would our world look like if individuals and nations in conflict could resolve their differences without bullets and bombs. The consequences of conflict are deep. The conflict brings tragedy, pain and hurt. What would a home be like if members of a household could resolve their conflict without raising the roof? What if marriage would be unbroken, family unshattered, and children left out in the cold. How attractive would our church be if conflict does not split us? It would be a banner, I would suggest, it would be a banner of love to the world, heartwarming to those within and inviting to those without. Billy Graham once said, man is a rebel and a rebel is naturally in confusion. He is in conflict with every other rebel for a rebel by his very nature is selfish. He is seeking his own good and not the good of others. In a world where it's all about me, 
We need the revelation, the insight from God that it's not all about us, but it needs to be all about him and his glory. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. God is good. (laughs) Let's start there. (laughs) God is good. And everything he does is for good. It's Mm. for our good. And yes, you know, hard things happen. And um, we have... We have personal experiences that are hard. We have shared experiences that are hard. And they're hard nonetheless, but the Lord allows them. Mm. And, um, you know, they shape us. They Mm. shape us into becoming more like Him if we allow them to. And and I think sometimes going through those hard times is what gives us more substance. It makes us stronger. It makes us um, become even more aware of how good He is. So welcome back. Uh, yes, I left on the screen twice in two very <laughs> different locations, uh, one might add. In fact, we were both in very different locations then. Uh, it has to be said, I was just watching that clip going, oh yeah, we recorded that a few weeks ago. Uh, we have a studio, just to give you some sort of uh, heads up. We have a new studio, don't we, um, at our office. Sadaf and I work together. Uh, and at the office, we have a new studio, which is uh, up for four people, uh, which we're excited about. So uh, we're going to be hosting crowd from there at some point in the non-Tuesday future. I did think, Sadaf, uh, whether we should just go down and, and try and host from there this week. But then I thought, I don't, I think we need to record a few more things in there before we actually try and go live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so hence the reason we're still in this format. But yes. Uh, so, and in fact, you were telling me, because um, uh, I, I can hear Sadaf in my ear, just literally all the time. Um, <laughs> It's just my life. Um, and <laughs> no, we. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, the voice of my conscience sounds remarkably like Sadaf or my wife, and it's just <laughs> it's just one of those. Um, so we were talking actually while that was going on that actually that episode of What's the Story is not actually out yet. It's going to come out in the next few days, and that's your story, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. How was that recording that? It was, it was okay. I think it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. I think. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, very good. So well, yeah, so- will be a blessing to people. Then, uh, you know, then we'll see. No, will I have no doubt. It was a great, great episode actually, uh, and it was really interesting doing it in that studio as well. Um, Matt, there it is. Uh, there's a set of laugh he's put in the comments. Um, so <laughs> apparently your laugh is famous, uh, which is, you know, fam- famous for something, <laughs> I suppose. So Dave Connolly's talk about conflict. Enough about what's the story. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to the podcast, do do that. What's the story podcast.com. You can find all the information there. Sadaf's episode will be out in the next few days where we are going to talk about her story, which is a phenomenal story, actually. Uh, and you will enjoy it and it will be a blessing to you. So do subscribe to that 
Um, that's just extra stuff we put out as, as, as part of crowd really. It's just deep diving into people's stories. Um, and so, yeah, this, this, this week, uh, we, we pick on you, Sedef, which is just is a beautiful thing. So, um, do check those out. Right. Dave's talk. We're talking about conflict. We're talking about the early church and how this problem arose, uh, between the two different factions of the Jews and, um, there was a problem and the disciples seemed to answer this quickly and easily by trying to find, uh, I, I like that, I put it in the comments, seven men of good reputation. Not easy to find seven men of good reputation, not even today, right? No. <laughs> of course, I can say that. Uh, I can say that. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so Dave talks about conflict and resolving conflict in the church and in life generally and made some really powerful points in there, didn't he? So, Sadaf, what stood out to you from Dave's talk? You know, so much. I thought there was so much um, wisdom in that, in, in what he spoke about, and so many um, practical um, pieces of advice that you could run up, you know, take away with and apply. Yeah. thought it was great. Um, I really liked when he said that for conflict, what you need is humility, forgiveness, and um, love in action, really. And I think mm -hmm. that's kind of what it, it all comes down to in, in the end, like aligning ourselves with um, the, the fruits of the Spirit and um, being humble in asking for forgiveness. Just, you know, yep, put my hand up. I was wrong. Being yeah. the first to do that is quite powerful. Yeah, it is. I mean, if we talk about marriage for a little bit, Sharon and I have been married 25 years. I may have said this before on the crowd live stream. I'm quite proud that we've reached a 25-year milestone and she's not killed me, if I'm honest with you. Um, but it's really one of the things that people say to me all the time is like, how how do you have you know a, a successful marriage? Um, how do you have a good marriage? And one of the pieces of advice I always give is be the first person to apologize. Uh, even if you think it's not your fault, you're going to be at fault for something probably. So be the first person. I, I figure that out and apologize for that, right? Um, and so have you found that uh, asking for forgiveness is, is uh, being the first one to do that? Is that, is that always easy though? Um, no, it's not always easy, especially when you feel like you've been wronged. Um, but I think stepping out and taking that first step it's mm. always the hardest. And once you started speaking, I feel like it just starts getting easy then because yeah. you just, you know, the situation, the, the tension just kind of melts and yeah. all of a sudden there's room to speak and, and to share. Yeah, no, there is totally. Matt's put in the comments, how are you still married? She must be so forgiving. Uh, no, she is, Matt, hence the reason I am still married. <laughs> she is a very gracious lady, let me tell you. Uh, my wife is a beautiful person. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think you're right. I, 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 this idea of humility, the ability to deal with conflict is to go, actually, what can I own in this? What can mm -hmm. I take responsibility for? Um, very rarely... Have I ever found a situation where it was totally not my fault? Do you know what I mean? Even in something where it's like 90, 98% the other person, we've been dealing with something that, I mean, Sadaf, you know, but I won't share it on the airwaves because we're still going through it. Um, but we've been dealing with something where um, all kinds of stuff came up. Uh, and um, not me and Sharon, just want to point that out. This is somebody who has uh, directed their particular raft of anger towards me in one particular way or another and 
even though it came out of nowhere, I still look at that and go, Lord, what can I learn from this? What, where, what can I own? What can I, um, what can you teach me? What do I need to accept responsibility for here? Because even though it came out of the blue, have I done everything right in that scenario, God? You know, what, what's going on here? And so um, I think you can do that in any situation of conflict. It's not always easy, especially if you're mad, right? Do you have a hot temper? Yeah, I can. I can have a hot temper. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Jeff in the room going, "You, Matt, yeah. you have no idea." <laughs> yeah. And do you find? Do you find when you when you lose your temper, when you get you know a bit hot headed, um, it's actually hard to see clearly sometimes. Maybe what you need to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think by that point, you're so caught up in yourself and in how you're feeling and mm. how you've been wronged and, you know, what, what justice should look like that you're not, um, yeah, you're not seeing clearly, like you say. Yeah. 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 So what do you do in that situation? Come <laughs> No, um, walk Musa. away. Yeah, <laughs> walk away. Um, just clear my head, and then approach it. Yeah, sleep on it, or yeah, depending on what the situation is, really. But yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? As as yeah. noting down, even just an email that was sent to me, and I responded to it. Just that, even with email, it's such a sensible thing. Don't send it straight away. Yeah. Sit on it. Let it yeah. stew for a little while and then reread it, rethink about it. It's the same with conversations, isn't it? And in situations like that, sometimes it's not a bad thing just to walk away and get some perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you ever find, uh, I'm just getting into your personal life now, so like, welcome to Crow Church. <laughs> like, what's up, Dory, all over again? <laughs> yeah. All the bits we didn't cover. Um, <laughs> do you ever find that um, perspective is so different? difficult to find though so what, what do i mean by that so you're in a situation it's not always easy to see what perspective should be um and so i mean i i'm in situations like that on a fairly regular basis so i normally go and talk to dave actually dave Connolly, uh, the guy that did the talk because i mean the guy's been pastoring you know for years and so he's, he's got a lot of experience in this whole thing and so often i'll go and talk to people and and get perspective uh, especially mm -hmm. if i can't see it if i think it's like hard to do you know Hmm. So, question for you. Uh, this is a uh, question in the comments. Having been in conflict long term with family, should I just leave them to their own drama and just live my own life? Or should I try and confront the situation head on again? What's your counsel? my counsel would be um well i don't think i have any i think i would need a little more information i'd be too afraid <laughs> to tell you to do something and then you go make it work because <laughs> um, that's never happened but let's talk options what i mean there's it's interesting one isn't it when you um with long-term conflict with you know family especially yeah. is easy to have i think long-term conflict with um and 
what do you do in situations like that? And I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Mm. Um, I just know that every situation is unique, but I know that the grace of God is such that any situation can be redeemed. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. um, I recently been speaking, um, I, I talked to various people as you do with crowd and I, uh, you know, when relationships break down, marriage relationships, the conflict is so great that the couple see no way forward, right? And so uh, separation or divorce is the only way out. Um, and that's all they can see in their head. And I think this is what happens when you get deeper and deeper into conflict like that, is that the only way out in your mind is to go, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything more to do with the situation. And I totally get it. I mean, I was, um, you know, I, I've had that with a business partner where the conflict was so bad. I think it was just like, I'm out. I, I don't, I, I don't. I don't want any more to do with this. And for a season, actually, it's probably not a bad thing for, for me to get out and not have to deal with that or think about that. But again, coming, I'm not saying everything I do is right. I just want to preface yeah. everything uh, with that statement. Um, but doing what you said, just getting some space, getting some perspective and, um, and just seeing what God said, you know, on the whole matter. But I think to remember that whatever situation we're in, that it is not beyond the redemption of God. And I think fundamentally that has to be the, the aim. You know, God is a minister of reconciliation. He is a minister of redemption. And ultimately, I think that has to be our prayer, mm -hmm. is that these things get redeemed. Do, do you remember, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. That would be no, my initial response. Sense. No, it does make sense. And I think I would add to that that um, it's not about necessarily even this question is not necessarily about being right or wrong mm -hmm. it's about coming to a, a solution that that works and um and maybe even well yeah and the what's the purpose of it like it's to glorify god so whatever way you resolve that or however you handle it it needs to be glorifying to god mm. yeah it's in a Christ-like manner, isn't it? That's the question. How do you do it in a Christ-like manner? That was put yeah. in the comments. How do you do that? Um, <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful thing about Christianity um, is we are led by the Spirit of God because we are children of God because there's not a formula for yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, as we all know, as we've all lived for a little while, this is, if I do A, B, and C, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to get D, right? It just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that D is going to follow. So... Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, it is interesting. So one of the things that Dave said, uh, which I thought was interesting right at the start was he talked about how there was these two set of Jews, two sets of Jews, right? Mm -hmm. uh, two parts of the Jewish faith and, um, one community looked down on the other community. I think that was a phrase that he used. That's what I uh, I, I put in my notes here that they were looking down um, and yeah. conflict arose. And I find that conflict tends to arise when we as people look metaphorically down yeah. on somebody else. In other words, when we perceive that we are right and they are wrong mm -hmm. and we elevate our own ideals, 
um, that that can create an element of conflict. And this comes back to the humility thing that you were talking about, isn't it? To actually go, maybe I'm, I'm not totally right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was an interesting observation um, mm. that, you know, that they were, they were looking down on each other. Um, what else stood out from Dave's talk for you? Um, <clears throat> I think the other thing was um, the way the apostles approached it, mm -hmm. how they handled it. Their, uh, they, they, they resolved the situation for the, the Grecian Jews and the Hebrew Jews, and um, yet they, they wanted someone like they personally didn't get involved in that. They got people from the community to be able to be a part of that. And, um, but they, their focus was on, uh, preaching and on praying. Their, their mm. ministry didn't change in any of that. They didn't stop doing what they were doing to, you know, completely help these people. They, they set up, they, they raised other people to do that. And I think that for me, the, the fact that there is so much, um, that there was emphasis on the fact that they continued to pray and preach, um, shows that they, they were really, they were there first and foremost to glorify God. Mm. And that, that was their, that was their main focus. And that's what they were going to do. And when, as the conflict arose, they, they met the needs, but they carried on doing what they were called to do. I, yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. I, mm. I think sometimes we lose focus and we start getting involved in other things that are, you know, they might be important, but they're never as important as, um, having that time with the Lord and reading our Bibles and, and praying and walking in step with him. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, that was something that I would take away. Yeah. It's a really powerful point, isn't it? And I, and I, and I agree with you. I think, um, there's something about just being men and women of God's word, men and women of prayer, that is going to help you uh, win these things. Dave made a really interesting comment, didn't he? I, I, I saw that it was put in the in the comments. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, whatever you stand to gain in this conflict, if you win, does not come close to matching what we're going to lose. Um, if this thing is not resolved, and I, I think it's, um, I think it's an interesting thing with conflict that sometimes it doesn't matter if you're right. What matters, and it doesn't matter if you win. It's more about what you gain, what you stand to lose in this whole yeah. situation. Yeah. And actually, that perspective yeah. um, is hard to understand if you if you're outside the context of scripture and prayer. Right. So I think um, I think as you as you're going through conflict, which inevitably you're going to do because that's just life. Right. You're going to you know, you're going to meet people. You're not a perfect person. And sorry to spoiler alert, but no, I'm not. You're not. This is the way it is. So there's going to be conflict. Right. Um, and so. But in that, there's an opportunity for growth for both people. And um, when we when we see it that way and try and see what God's saying in that whole situation. Some really interesting things happen. Yeah. And that would be my testimony in my marriage, actually, that actually it's not about me being right or Sharon being wrong. Normally it's Sharon being right and me being wrong, to be fair. Um, 
but it's not about that it's about actually how can we grow together in this right and mm-hmm. put aside our need to be right uh, and grow as a couple in the whole thing um yeah interesting interesting so in what ways i'm just reading the questions here in what ways can conflict be a catalyst for growth understanding and deeper relationships any thoughts on that one well just what you were saying right now link in your you know you were you were testifying to how it's been in your in your marriage and i think when when you make a habit of it when you are when you make a habit of, of being humble and forgiving and acting in love in these situations, it becomes easier. Mm. And that's where growth happens. The more you like, you know, it's a, it's not so much about being right, but it's about what you might stand to to lose in it. Mm-hmm. The more you grasp that, I think that's where growth happens. And um and humility, I mean, we all need that. And we all need wisdom and, and you know, to be able to know where where we've gone wrong and where we can ask for forgiveness. And I think mm. um that that in itself is quite stretching, isn't it? It, yeah, it, it is. a lot of grows. There's this really interesting um, scripture, and I, I'm desperately trying to remember where it is somewhere in the Bible because it's a scripture. Uh, and Paul wrote it, so it's in one of the Pauline letters. Um, and he talked about how, as Christians, at the time, it was a really interesting, I really should study it out more because it's this fascinating idea of, um, things had gotten so bad between some Christians. They were, there was so much conflict and so much quarrelling that they took each other to court mm. to allow the court to decide and rule on the matter. And um, th- this I just find fascinating, especially given the litigious society in which we live. And Paul said, why are you doing this? Why are you going to court? Is it not better to be wronged? Uh, then bring your affairs to someone to something to someone outside the church why are you doing that i'm going to find the scripture uh i'm going to google it where did i, sh- I should know this I, I pastor a church i'm very sorry about my poor bible knowledge isn't uh, that something in matthew about settling our differences privately is that what you mean is that what you're getting because yeah, jesus talked about it as well didn't he yeah. um he did he did talk about it as well but paul um paul talked about this in some really 1 corinthians 6 12 i think it is let me pull up my bible 1 corinthians 6 12 and no i don't think that's it okay uh oh here we go it's just a few verses before therefore if you so if any of you have has a dispute with one another right so talking about conflict so this is 1 corinthians chapter 6 this is paul writing to the corinthian church and i'm going to read it from oh let's go with the message translation Uh, because it's really interesting. And how dare you take each other to court, says the message translation. Uh, When you think you have been wrong, does it make any sense to go before a court that knows nothing of God's ways instead of a family of Christians? 
The day is coming when the world is going to stand before a jury made up of Christians. If someday you are going to rule on the world's fate, would it be a good idea to practice on some of these smaller cases? That's where you really got to enjoy the message translation. Uh, why we're even going to judge angels. So why not these everyday affairs? Are these disagreements and wrongs surface? Why would you ever entrust them to the judgment of people you don't trust in any other way? I say this as bluntly as I can to wake you up to the stupidity of what you're doing. Uh, it is possible that there isn't one level-headed person among you. Paul's on one now. I mean, you know, talk about confrontation. Um, who can make fair decisions when disagreements and disputes come up. I don't believe it. And here you are taken to each other court to court before people who don't even believe in God. How can they render justice if they don't believe in the God of justice? Um, these court cases are an ugly blot on your community. Wouldn't it be far better just to take it, to let yourself be wronged and forget it? And that's a phrase that I, I, I really want to home in on wouldn't it just be better to let yourselves be wronged and forget it all you're doing is providing fuel for more wrong more injustice bringing more hurt to the people of your own spiritual family and i think it's a really interesting idea isn't it this idea yeah. of um and i'm not saying that in all cases you shouldn't you know court action may be something that has to happen Yes, there are cases and arguments for that according to scripture, especially if someone's acting like an unbeliever. But first and foremost, when it comes to a lot of conflict in church and a lot of conflict with the people that we're, um, that we're having, man alive, why are we so quick to go to court? Why are we so quick to go and talk to our friends and gossip about it? Why are we so quick to shout upon social media about these things? Um, do we not realize that's a blot on the community? Rather, let yourselves be wronged. I think that's powerful stuff, isn't it? Because conflict ultimately comes down to, I need to be right. Mm -hmm. Whereas what Paul is saying here is, maybe it's just better to be wronged. I don't know if you've ever come across that in your life, Zadif. What, me needing to be right? <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm just putting the question out there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, it's that need to elevate yourself mm. and to um, somehow prove that you're the bigger person, but actually in doing that, you're not. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> really interesting one. So in what ways can uh, conflict be a catalyst for growth? Again, humility, the desire not to always be right and win. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to go, I'll be wronged in this situation because I'd rather do what God's telling me to do, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think it's, um, it's a sensible approach. Now, there are, yeah. let me just caveat everything that we've just said with, there are times and there are versions of conflict mm -hmm. where it makes sense not to do that. And I'm thinking specifically about conflict that you would class as abuse, that escalates to yeah. abuse um, and that yeah. kind of level. Uh, I'm not saying you should be wronged in that situation at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about general sort of life yeah. and, you know, business yeah. and contractual type stuff. Yeah. And there are times when actually it makes sense to get out. Um, 
where the mm. relationship maybe can't be restored right now. Um, mm. And the Bible talks about cutting things off so that it bears more fruit. Maybe now is the time to mm. uh, end that relationship for a little bit. I don't know. You know, there's there's all kinds of nuances to all of this. But as a general rule, yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Actually, you know, going back to what you were talking about earlier just now, um, I thought of something else that I, we have this need to be seen and to elevate ourselves. So we talk about it to other people. We gossip about it. But I think there's also, um, there's this space that, that we need to, um, look at where we know the Lord knows the situation, you know, in our hearts. If some, someone has done something, grieved us in some way, harmed us in some way, um, the Lord knows. And mm. for us to quietly have that and forgive them and have that, that conversation in private is okay. And even if sometimes you're not even able to have a conversation, you know, depending on the circumstances, but to let go and to forgive them in the Lord's presence is enough. Yeah. And I think sometimes we feel like we need to tell everybody, well, this happened to me and look what I did. I was so great. I went and said sorry to them. Yeah. And, you know, even though they wronged me and, you know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But I think to the Lord, to be mindful of the fact that the Lord knows, the Lord is yeah. very much present. And um, he's the only audience you need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. No, it's such a true statement. Uh, Simon's in the comments. Uh, big thank you. Oh, well, and it's great to have you here. Uh, great to have you, Simon, in the feed. Um, I've had conflict with so many brothers and sisters of Christ. Grace is the key, says Matt. Yes, I think it is, Matthew. Uh, grace is very much part of it. Um, and all the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, uh, Dave talked about the key mission, didn't he? He talked about how the apostles understood what they were actually there for and they didn't want to get in the way of the mission uh, mm -hmm. and vision. And having that vision, which says, no, 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 we're, we're here to win people. We're here to glorify God. Like, you you know, uh, it, um, it drives everything, really, which is, which is a key to it all. Uh, it is the key to it all. So hopefully you have enjoyed this conversation on conflict. Uh, it's quite a fascinating one, really. It is fascinating. Um, because there are so many different levels and so many different nuances to this whole thing but there are principles to cover just about everything in the bible uh when we really dig into it and so that for me is the key what what's uh, god leading you to do in that situation uh and uh wwjd what would jesus do in that situation would he turn over the table and get out of the whip <laughs> 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 chase you out the house i don't think he would um no no <laughs> let me not be flippant uh, with the good scriptures so um yeah conflict hope you've enjoyed that conversation that's going to be the end of conversation street for this week i really like conversation street conversation street is something that we do every week uh we just talk about the talk and what you guys write in the comments the questions the stories anything you want to share so if you're watching this on catch up or you're listening to this on the podcast, why not come join us live every Sunday? More information is on the website, www.crowd.church. There's even a little link which will help you figure out what time zone uh, the broadcast is in for you. If you're not in the UK, it's 6 p.m. at the moment here in the UK. Um, but if you're outside of the UK, they will tell you uh, 1 p.m. Eastern uh, all kinds of different time zones are on there. So it'd be great to see you in the live stream. Do come and join us. Do come and join in Conversation Street. Uh, what's happening next week? Uh, I'm being prompted to ask. This is a good question. What is happening next week? Uh, I'm just checking. Oh, it's me. 
uh, I'm speaking next week. How to stand up for what's right. Oh, yes, we are starting to enter the story of Stephen. That's the next part of the scripture. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the story of Stephen. Stephen, just spoiler alert, Stephen is martyred. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we're going to look at that um, and not necessarily how to get martyred. Uh, that's yeah. not the <laughs> that's not the aim for the next three weeks. But yeah. certainly there's a lot we can learn in Stephen's story. And next week, I'm looking at how to stand up for what's right. We've then got John Sloan coming in to talk about the middle part, which is the trial, the bit where they're in court. Um, and then uh, speaking of court, actually, and then uh, Pete Farrington is bringing it all together with Transformed by Grace. So he's bringing the, the sort of the lessons from Stephen together. And then the week after that, we are getting into the rest of the book of Acts. So, yes. Uh, yeah. That is what's happening next week. And you're hosting again next week, aren't you? So uh, you're going to hear my voice yet again. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> you must spend so much of your life listening to my voice. And I'm just very, very sorry. Uh, so, yeah, do come join us next week. If you have yet to follow us, uh, do head over to YouTube. Click the subscribe notification and click the little bell icon, which tells you when we're going live. Go to the website, www.crowd.church. Sign up to the newsletter. Um, and we send out two emails a week, which you can get uh, one about the middle of the week, just with catch up and, and stuff. And then we send you a little email when we're live, just to remind you we're live. Come and join in. And you can do that on the website, www.crowd.church. Right. What else do I need to do? Promote the midweek community groups. You can do that, Sadaf, if you like. Um, no, I don't think I'm good to do this. <laughs> I don't know the details. Well, I set up to the wrong plate at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I just bring that one upon you. I should probably give you the information. <laughs> uh, I was just curious to see if you could wing it. <laughs> and that's for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, so, uh, which is the middle of the week. So, yeah, midweek, if you would like to join us uh, online in the Zoom calls, it'd be great to meet you. We just have community groups where we catch up. Uh, with one another, chat about what God's doing and pray together. Uh, you don't have to be a Christian to come along. Uh, if you've got any question, uh, questions, any questions about the Christian faith, <laughs> I need to put my teeth back in. If you have any questions about the Christian faith and would like to talk to somebody, come join us in the Zoom meetings. We'd love to help uh, help you find Jesus uh, and understand more about him. So that is available. If you'd like to know more about those, uh, again, information on the website, www.crowd.church, or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. Um, on the website, there is a number, a WhatsApp number. Send us a little WhatsApp message and we will send you the Zoom link. Uh, I think that's uh, anything else I need to promote. I, I think that's everything, isn't it? Yes, I think that's yeah. everything. So, um <laughs> You know what? I, I used to have a checklist of things that I'd go through and then I thought I don't need that anymore because Matt will tell me in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> He's become like uh, the crowd secretary or the crowd uh, sort of uh, administrator, which is just a beautiful thing. And Matt's hot. Matt is on on fire. So, yes. Uh, yeah, it's been really good to connect with you all. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. Andy, have a good one yourself, my friend. Uh, and everybody else has been active in the comments today. It's been great to see you in there. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are. Anything else from you, Sadaf, before we sign off? No. Okay. No? Yeah. Thanks to Sadaf for the amazing hosting. 
uh, says Matt. Oh, there was one question that came in, said after I did need to ask no. you. No, <laughs> um, I don't have any party trick. I, that was the question. Yeah, yeah. What was your party trick? Uh, you don't have a party trick. I don't believe I that don't to be true. One minute. You must have something. Not a card trick or anything. <laughs> no, no. <Wait>. Ah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, we'll let you off the hook. Thank uh, you. So that was <laughs> just one of the random questions that comes in on the comments, which I thought, actually, I don't know. I'll ask that question. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a fantastic week wherever you are. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.